Good morning and welcome to Turd Country Radio on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever and it is Connor and Katie here once again with another two hours of um, professionally curated music for your auditory delight. We hope that you're having a wonderful morning wherever you are and uh, that you are not too sleepy if you are listening to us live at four in the morning uh, over on the west coast uh, we opened today's show with tobacco auctioneer by uh, raymond scott and that is uh, going to be the sample of, of, of what this week's show is all about we are presenting for you uh, just a small spattering really of the decades of recorded work by Raymond Scott, musician, composer, as Katie was just telling me uh, in a, mom- uh, a moment ago, uh, inventor, uh, a uh, a man of uh, a man of many talents, um, but uh, not someone I was very familiar with until uh, Katie, you you introduced me to his work. Um, could you maybe? talk to us a bit about um, how you first became aware of Raymond Scott 
and uh, your your introduction to him uh, uh, and his music. Yeah, I think the first time that I probably really became cognizant of his music, I didn't know who the composer was, but Ren and Stimpy, uh, which was a, for, for the young people listening, was a cartoon that came out in the 90s that was uh, kind of subversive and, uh, and irreverent and... Connor said in the UK it, it showed on primetime, but here in the States it showed, I believe, on Sunday morning, Saturday <laughs> or Sunday mornings. I can't recall exactly uh, wh- which day it was. Um, but it was it was a somewhat controversial show because, like I said, it was rather subversive and not, uh, not cute and cuddly in any sort of way. Um, but the show was known for using really good music in the background, and I always thought it was, you know, stock music. And um, there was a somebody put together a whole bunch of Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. uh, stock music. You, you can, I don't know if you can still download it, but it was many, many, many megabytes. And it was, again, you know, music that, that would have been used in the background and music that people have heard hundreds of times on various TV shows and whatnot. We actually have it playing behind us right now. Yeah, <laughs> that is how we got the music that plays behind us when we talk. Um, and... I think it was there that I first came across uh, the song Powerhouse mm. uh, by Raymond Scott. And I'd, I'd heard it on the show, and I'd heard variations of it in Looney Tunes. So it's it's a song that that becomes kind of ubiquitous, but, you know, people might not know exactly, you know, who's behind it. And so I thought, you know, thought, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, somebody who, who made stock music, Powerhouse. But it turns out that, uh, that Raymond Scott did not start out in stock music. I'm actually on the RaymondScott.net website as we speak, and I would like to read, they have a little uh, Q&A here, and yeah. uh, who was Raymond Scott in 50 words or less. And according to the website, Scott was a composer, band leader, arranger, engineer, orchestra conductor, electronic music pioneer, inventor, and philosopher visionary. He's sometimes referred to as the man who made cartoons swing because his melodies have been used in countless popular cartoons since the early 1940s. And the more that I learn about Raymond Scott, beyond just, he wrote some amazing music and some very mm. well-known kind of fun jazz tunes like, like the one that we just heard, but the more I learn about him, he was in some ways really a polymath. Um, just in the sense that he, you know, he was a very good arranger, but he was also a very good composer, but he was also a very good band leader, but he was also an inventor. Uh, on the same website, they talk about the fact that one of the things he, that he invented was an early fax machine. So, uh, very smart guy, and and somebody that like I think I think if you're into this kind of music, you might know who he is. But I think a lot of people have heard his work, but have no idea who composed it and uh, I wanted to to highlight that this week so yeah for the next two hours you're going to hear uh, some of uh, Raymond Scott's work like we said just a really a very small uh, portion of his total recorded output Um, but we hope that you're going to enjoy it as much as we enjoyed compiling it and as much as we enjoy talking about it. Uh, so coming up uh, next, you're going to hear uh, from his Essential Works collection, uh, Raymond Scott and his band Wit the Penguin. <laughs> Thank you. 
truck, motorcycle, or other vehicle to BFF.FM? Your donation will directly support, mentor, and provide opportunities for our Bay Area radio DJs. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate that old vehicle. We accept most cars, trucks, trailers, boats, RVs, motorcycles, off-road vehicles, heavy equipment, and other motorized vehicles. As long as they're in one piece, have an engine, or even towable, we'll take it off your hands. It's easy, convenient, and you'll be directly helping the San Francisco Bay Area music community. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate today. That's 
Some wonderful music from a wonderful composer. You are listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. We started off that set with a song that I just think is adorable, uh, The Penguin, and we followed that up with Twilight in Turkey. And the last song on that three-song set was Someone to Watch Over Me. All of those by or arranged by Raymond Scott. And... Twilight in Turkey, uh, in addition to The Penguin, I uh, I really enjoy Twilight in Turkey because, again, uh, we were talking earlier about how Scott's music tends to pop up mm. in all kinds of different places, and people might not know who it is, but, you know, they've heard the song. And Twilight in Turkey, uh, the first time I heard that, I realized that I had actually heard it before, albeit in a slightly different way, because that song is sampled for the hilarious uh, Professor Elemental song, Fighting Trousers. <laughs> For those who don't know Professor Elementor, Elemental, he is a, a British uh, hip-hop rap artist um, who's kind of known for uh, for his work in the, the nerdcore scene. <laughs> um, and uh, the song Fighting Trousers is just, it's one of my favorites because uh, it is written in the style of like a Victorian you know, Victorian letter, um, but it's a diss track. So it's it's something that's really worth listening to. Yeah, it's uh, funny you mentioned uh, earlier um, while we were getting things together and we're just, you know, sort of 
shooting the breeze before uh, the before we started recording here. Uh, just how many artists have sampled Raymond Scott's work over the years, um, in- including like uh, groups that, um, that you know, including acts you know, old and new uh, that um, people uh, would be very familiar with. I'm sure. Um, if you're listening at home, you, you would be very familiar with some of the people who, over the last few decades, have sampled uh, Scott's work. Yeah, the list here, according to RaymondScott.net, includes, but is it's not limited to, uh, Gorillaz, Soul Coughing, Devo, Rush, Gautier, Jay Dilla, Fatboy Slim, Madlib, Lizzo, T-Bone Burnett, Khalib Twelly, and Q-Tip, LP, Luke Vibert, The Kleptones, Lele, Professor Elemental, who I mentioned before, Danny Brown, and more. So uh, Scott's career was was quite prolific. Mm. And although we don't have any examples of his electronic music, he did segue like in in the 1930s. He started out, you know, kind of as this jazz band leader. Mm. But later on in his career, he started to become interested in the possibilities of electronic music. So it does not surprise me that you see a whole bunch of artists sampling Mm. uh, from his work because his body of work lends itself very readily to being sampled just because of the the breadth and depth of mm. of his complete catalog and uh, I think also because there is a great use of repetition in in the work you know uh, it's it, as as you listen to uh, his material uh, basically throughout his whole career it does have that uh, cartoonish quality that that kind of like madcap animated quality about it that that works perfectly for for cartoons and 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 for the various other shows that his work was uh has been used in o- over the years um but it it's also got a wonderful uh kind of technical aspect about it in which he plays around with different instrumentation uh, you know we just played uh you know three tracks right there that you can you can clearly um, see all of the elements of his work. You know all of the elements that that make it a Raymond Scott piece. But you wouldn't say that they are all exactly the same. He he's not uh, just furrowing furrowing the same sort of plow, so to speak. You know mm-hmm. um, the, the same field. He is. Uh, being very playful and uh, being very uh, sure of himself. Yeah, yeah, and there's an element of his music that I appreciate is that uh, when I say it's very visual, mm-hmm. uh, we we opened up with the you know the tobacco auctioneer, and if you listen to the trumpet in that, it 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 sounds very much like an auctioneer. There will be a kind of a slow part and then a part where it's you know very very quick, very staccato, mm. and in a way you can you know you can imagine if you you know if this was animated if they if they really wanted to they can make a trumpet you know kind of standing there and and doing an auctioneer thing or they could just do an illustration of a of an auctioneer Mm. and use that trumpet as the, the you know vocal line so to speak and a lot of his work really lends itself well to that kind of that kind of visualization uh, synesthesia or no, uh, for, for those who uh, who do have that, um, there's there's a great playful artistic 
visual quality about his work. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's there's probably more technical terms that I could use, but that's what always comes back to me is that you can almost see his compositions. Mm. Uh, with that in mind, let's go ahead and uh, play a little bit more of his work. Uh, you know, uh, the next few tracks here kind of show again more of that willingness to explore and willingness to play uh, around the system or maybe motifs that he kind of built for himself you know playing with rhythm playing with repetition and uh and as a result um creating a uh, a, a remarkably varied um oeuvre yeah <laughs> of music um the next track uh, was actually a huge hit for Louis Armstrong back in the mid 1950s. Oh, really? Yeah, um, it's it's remarkable how much of Scott's work ha- was not just um, big for him, but but you know, resulted in 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 hits for a lot of uh, our uh, a lot of our favorite artists, including including Louis Armstrong and Eartha Kitt and many more. Um, but uh, we're going to keep things rolling right now with Christmas Night in Harlem. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You are listening, of course, to two hours of wonderful music uh, composed, arranged, in some cases performed by uh, Mr. Raymond Scott, a man whose music you may not even realize you've been listening to your whole life. <laughs> Uh, we kicked off that uh, trio with um, a, like I said, a, a track that was later on a, a big hit for Louis Armstrong, uh, Christmas Night in Harlem. Followed that up with Dinner Music for a Pack of Hungry Cannibals. And uh, finished that with In an 18th Century Drawing Room, which was a track that, um, a song that uh, Scott composed himself. Um, him in, in, in collaboration uh, with the uh, Raymond Scott Quintet. Yes, a quintet, which was actually six people. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some question as to why he decided to call a six-person group a quintet. Uh, some say that... Uh, he, he liked the sound of quintet. It sounded a little bit more crisp. Mm. Uh, some say that he didn't really consider himself a member, uh, that he was kind of the leader, but not a, a true member of the group. And there are some who think that maybe uh, the, the technical term for a six-person group, a sextet, uh, that he might have been worried that people would have been uh, a little distracted <laughs> by that name. It really speaks to his playful attitude around the music he made and that attitude is really infused in all of the stuff that he he had a a, a role in composing really mm -hmm. wouldn't you say yeah definitely whether it's uh, you know the stuff from the 1930s and 40s with the you know with with various big bands or with his quintet or um some of the work that he did later on in the electronic music sphere, uh, he has a series of albums called Soothing Sounds for Baby. Uh, yeah, which is all... I've listened to it. It's it's very experimental. Mm -hmm. um, it's... it's it, I, I want to say it can be difficult listening. It's not because it's bad, but it's mm. just... It's lots of kind of odd sounds. Uh, mm. You can tell he's really playing around, but uh, but even then, you know, he's having a good time with, with the instruments that he has, and he's having a good time experimenting with this new technology. Yeah, that's the really interesting thing about Raymond Scott, because you, you know, like, I, I would hear his music and be like, okay, so he's like a contemporary of the other, of, of big band leaders from the 1930s and 1940s, you know, the ones that we, uh, the ones whose music we associate with like, you know, like the, 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 uh, the, the World War II and the post-war years and, you know, the, 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 um, perhaps uh, if, if you're, if you're thinking a little bit earlier, maybe like the Roaring Twenties or what have you, but uh, Raymond Scott was actually like much more forward-thinking mm -hmm. in, in in a lot of ways. It's it's interesting to know his collaborations and his input in the development of electronic music and uh, electronic synthesizers. Yeah, he was uh, apparently he was friends with Bob Moog. According to uh, the Raymond Scott website, it says that uh, although Bob Moog, Moog was over 25 years younger than Scott, they were professional colleagues and good friends for nearly two decades. So it's it's kind of interesting to think that uh, that Raymond Scott, you know, th at that point in his career, almost kind of a, an elder statesman, mm. was 
mentoring these new musicians and taking interest in what they were doing and the sounds that they were making with these new instruments. And it, it just kind of speaks to the testament. You can tell, like you said, from his music that he was a, a very playful, inventive guy. But beyond that, even, I think it's pretty easy to see that he was somebody who was just endlessly fascinated with all kinds of different things. Yeah, I think that fascination with what you can do with music is something we unfortunately don't see a lot of nowadays i'm gonna get all crotchety old man (laughs) about it Uh, you know pop music popular music it has a certain pattern or it has certain techniques that without wanting to insult um, you know, the producers and the writers who make that music and the musicians and, and the artists who perform it. Um, it like, it, it, it's not easy to write a pop hit at any point in time. You know, there, there are, you know, countless examples of musicians who, who, who worked for years and years and years to finally get, like, that chart-topping hit that, that made their name. Uh, so, uh, you know, no disrespect intended for, for anyone who works in pop music today or at any point in the past, but I am always very respectful and uh, admiring of any musician, uh, like, like a Raymond Scott, who is interested in doing new things. Mm Mm-hmm always interested in trying something new and it may or may not work but you have to respect that desire to 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 never get stuck in a rut exactly yeah uh so we're gonna keep it rolling here um it's, it's funny to think we're already like you know we're already so far into the show and we have so much more music that we want to play for you uh, before we wrap things up at uh, 6 a.m. local time <laughs> uh, so we're going to keep things rolling this is of course Third Country Radio and we are presenting for you the music of Raymond Scott and um, it's kind of funny we started the last trio with Christmas Night in Harlem Mm-hmm. Here in the middle of August, <laughs> but it, it's there's never a bad time to hear a track like that. Uh, now we're going to go from uh, Christmas to New Year's Eve. Yeah, but New Year's Eve with a twist. You're going to be hearing New Year's Eve in a haunted house. <laughs> Thank you. 
Palace time here in the Panther Room. That means our lovely Nan wins the microphone. She adds the words to a million dreams ago. Hey, what's really going on? This is Boots Riley. You are listening to BFF.FM. And this is just in case you thought you were listening to some other station, but somehow typed in these letters. We want to let you know that you've made a mistake, but probably a good one. All right. So keep it locked right here. interpretation of that song. You are listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And we started off that set with New Year's Eve in a Haunted House. We followed up with Bird Seed Special, and that one was a lot of fun. Uh, the the uh, instrumentation there sounding very much like a flock of excited birds. <laughs> and then we finished off with I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm. All of those either composed or arranged by Raymond Scott, the composer that we are highlighting this week on Third Country Radio, uh, an American composer with a, a pretty long history in a range of genres, but probably best known for his music from the 1930s and 40s, which scored many cartoons that many of us are familiar with today. Uh, and this is a bit of information I did not know uh, before we began uh, our show this week. Uh, I, I did not realize that Raymond Scott was not always Raymond Scott. Really? Yeah, he was born Barry. He was born, sorry, Harry Warnow. Interesting. So that that's quite a that's quite a name change, especially because you know you'd, you'd mm-hmm. think you know. Harry, Harold, not an uncommon name at the time. So to go from that to Raymond is uh, kind of interesting. Well, it's interesting because uh, he came from a fairly musical family. His older brother, Mark, uh, was also a professional musician and actually conducted the CBS Radio Orchestra. Oh, wow. In the 1930s, which is where uh, Harry Warnow got his start. And uh, he, when the when the band started performing some of Harry's compositions, mm-hmm. he wanted to avoid 
um, he wanted to avoid accusations of nepotism. Okay. Which is when he changed his changed his his name, and uh, it's it's very funny. He basically opened up uh, a Manhattan phone directory. Um, the the Warnow brothers are, were from were, were from Brooklyn, uh, so he opens up a phone book, and he sees the name Raymond Scott. And he just took that wholesale. He took that. He said it, he taught he, he taught that the, that the name had good rhythm. It does. It does. You know, two syllables and then one syllable. Done. Done. Raymond Scott. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's really interesting. Um, the more I learn about him, like he he didn't he actually apparently this is now don't take this as sacrosanct, but but I guess he he didn't actually want want to be a professional musician. When he was younger, really? Yeah, he uh, he his older brother had to persuade him into into trying music. Huh? Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting to to note then that this guy who really did not have much of an interest in music when he was younger, and really only kind of like got into it because his brother convinced him to try and. More importantly, never really considered himself a very good musician. Yeah, I, I did read that he said that uh, he would not hire himself uh, as a as a piano player. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's very interesting to 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 have someone like that who you know didn't have like this this intense love for music that you always that you hear so often from like you know musical greats. And yet, when he started doing it, started performing and writing and composing his own work, what does he do when he has to pick a stage name? He picks the name that has the best rhythm. Yeah. And uh, and, and and his work is all about rhythm. It absolutely is. He, he plays so much with it. And I think that's part of what makes his composition so unique. Mm. Uh, because... His his songs do swing. It's it, it's definitely music of its time, but it's very tight. It mm. is very very tight. Mm. Yeah, it's very tight. Uh, a lot of the music you're hearing today is very short. I don't think any of it is longer than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is you know ninety seconds, maybe two minutes. Played, played sometimes at kind of a frenetic pace. Uh, just a very frenetic pace. I am I am in awe. Of uh, his percussionists. Oh yeah! Like his his drummers are remarkably talented. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's it, it's it's one of those one of those curious things in life. Like, what if what if Harry Warnow had decided um, music's not really for me? I really want to be an engineer. Like, how would how would music be different and how would our our childhoods be different yeah what uh, a lot more classical music probably used which wouldn't have been a bad thing but mm. you know some of these some of these songs you, you can't really imagine some of these cartoon scenes without the songs mm. like like powerhouse or you know the toy trumpet or um the penguin that kind of thing it makes the fact that most like almost almost none of that music was was composed specifically for those cartoons yeah. or TV shows. It, it's simply a fact that it got licensed through through his publisher. Basically, it got licensed through through a label, and it, it, it's it's one of those wonderful synchronicities that 
in the 20th century when cartoons and when animation was going through this really golden age, this period of experimentation and, and change, you had this guy who was making music to really match it, really, like, infused with the spirit of the 20th century. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That uh, that kind of, you, you think about, um, when you think music that embodies the spirit of the 20th century, I always think of uh, Rhapsody in Blue mm. uh, by George Gershwin. And and Scott doesn't, that, that song is very, like, loose in languid, but it also has periods that remind me of Scott because it's very, you know, very precise, very fast. And it speaks to, when I say it has an urban feel to it, mm. it kind of captures that that sort of like hustle and bustle of the big city, especially American big cities. Mm. Um, and and Scott's music kind of does that as well. I think so, yeah. Like like Raymond Scott's music, in the same way um, that his contemporaries in the jazz scene were doing, and then later on, like the, the next generation that that started creating like rock and roll in the 1950s mm-hmm. and 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 we saw the explosion of that in the 1960s like like capturing this like bubbly energy you know like we started the 20th century with the Wright brothers like getting a plane off the ground for like 10 seconds and and within a generation within like a person's lifetime people were going and walking on the moon yeah like that kind of like wild energy of 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 ridiculous development you know you think about decades after that we were sending satellites out of the solar system we we have a telescope now that can like that can, that can show us a question mark in space I, I i still think that's some sort of like developer glitch you know <laughs> Like you're supposed to click on the uh, on the question mark to generate, you know, procedurally generate the rest of the universe. I see you're creating the universe. Would you like some assistance? Yeah. It's like, oh, I forgot to turn off the tutorial here. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like uh, like Raymond Scott's work is just bubbling with that energy. Absolutely, the energy of, of of a guy who who lived in a time when anything was possible. And everything happened. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, though, let's go ahead and get right back into it and uh, play a little bit more of Scott's work. Uh, you're going to be hearing. Uh, you're going to be hearing like uh, you're going to be hearing a whole bunch of Raymond Scott, <laughs> Raymond Scott, and uh, his work with orchestras and 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 vocalists and and his his you know curiously named quintet uh but right now let's go right back into it with a wonderful piece of music how high the moon Thank you. 
BFF.FM strengthens communities across our region by sharing superb music with everyone. Music to connect people with each other and the community they're part of. Carefully curated programs on BFF.FM enrich and engage with music you know and surprise you with music new to your years. Music on BFF.FM just makes any day better. Your donation to BFF.FM is an investment in the power of music to uplift, to connect all of us together. Please take a moment now to invest in the power of music at BFF.FM. Thank you. 
listening to Third Country Radio on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. But more importantly, you are listening to the music of Raymond Scott. And uh, as we enter the second hour of the show, we enter it with The Lark Leaped In. Wonderful piece of music right there. Before that, you heard Ectoplasm. And we open up that trio with How High the Moon. Uh, We hope that you're enjoying this journey through the work of Mr. Scott as much as we are it's um one of those things like like we were mentioning like i was talking about in the last uh last little talk break there how um you know how how contemporary how 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 the music is is sort of infused with the spirit of the 20th century all of that energy mm-hmm. and it can be difficult sometimes especially as time marches on um to not think of composers like Raymond Scott as being from like another another time, like an age old time, you know, like y- you know, like as, as old as like you know Rachmaninoff or, <laughs> <laughs> or 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 Mozart or something, you know, like oh they come from from the olden days, years and years ago, long before anyone had, before long before anyone was alive. <laughs> Uh, but uh, then you know you, you see a, a, a piece with a with a title like ectoplasm, and y- you don't expect to see um, you know you don't expect to see a word like that. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's interesting, you know, talking about working with uh, or not working with, uh, you know, being a composer of the twentieth century, and I found it kind of interesting that. Um, that in addition to being good friends with Bob Moog, um, Raymond Scott worked in Motown for mm. a while uh, and also uh, did some work with a pre-Muppets Jim Henson. Mm. Yeah, apparently uh, they met in the mid-60s and they collaborated on several projects, again, uh, the RaymondScott.net website. Um, but they worked on experimental films together, an industrial film for IBM, and a TV commercial for Bufferin Pain Reliever, <laughs> oddly enough. Um so it's kind of interesting to, to think that, uh, while not many people today may know his name, although that is changing, people kind of discovering his work more mm. and more every day, it's kind of interesting to know that he he had a hand in, in quite a lot, quite a lot of music and, and quite a lot of uh, American pop culture, possibly, you know, and, and who knows, we may discover over time that, you know, maybe he's written things that were uncredited, uh, that, you know, we find out later were his, you know, was his work or... Um, or, you know, we just find out that he did even more than we currently know. It is interesting to think that, you know, in the 1960s, he was working with Jim Henson. He was uh, working on, like, experimental films and, and, and music. And uh, he was inventing, like, you know, sound generators and, and electronic instruments. And... Uh, he, you listen to the music now and because you know you're used to stuff like Glenn Miller and things like that you you kind of like want to slot Raymond Scott into an old timey uh like hole (laughs) (laughs) but but it's 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 a disservice I think to uh, to his body of work and to the man himself to say that you know he was kind of like this 
he was he was very much over time and and yeah he was over time but he was also in his efforts to to experiment and in his willingness to try new things uh timeless yeah yeah absolutely he he still sounds contemporary his work still sounds you know very much like it could be of today and i think that's borne out by the number of of artists who have sampled his work yeah um and also there was an album that came out several years ago um I'm trying to find the name of it right now. Um, that album was uh, Raymond Scott Rewired. And it's very interesting because that was uh, an album that took uh, 50 years of, of Raymond Scott recordings. And it was sampled and mashed up by uh, groups like the Brand Flakes, uh, the Go Home Productions, and Evolution Control Committee. So people are still finding inspiration in his work and are still finding ways to to transform it. And I think that's something that he would appreciate, especially, you know, given how many transformations he kind of went through in his, you know, in his own life. Mm, absolutely. Well, we are going to keep this Raymond Scott train rolling down the track of music. <laughs> I, I tell myself I'll edit this out later on, but I won't. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, Raymond Scott wouldn't want me to edit it out, and and, and so I won't. Um, but uh, we're going to go right back to uh, the Raymond Scott Quintet uh, for this next track. Um, this is a uh, this is a reworking. This is a, a an interpretation of Carmen. Mm-hmm, of, of Bizet's Carmen. Mm-hmm. And so it is uh, naturally called... The Quintet Plays Carmen. Thank you. 
It's been done so many different times in so many different ways, and that's just a wonderful interpretation. You are listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever, where today we are celebrating the life and work of Raymond Scott. So we started off with uh, the quintet plays Carmen, and uh, the fun thing about that is that they play it at a really breakneck pace. (laughs) Uh, But if you listen closely, you can hear some very familiar tunes in there. Uh, after that, you heard a lovely way to spend an evening, and then finishing off that set was Blue Skies, a, a, a standard, a golden American standard mm. uh, that I think everybody knows, but that was a, a very fun way to interpret it. And uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if Raymond Scott was capable of playing a song slowly, or of having his group play songs slowly. I think uh, everything that we've heard so far today, for the most part, uh, with the exception of a couple of ballads, has been pretty quick. Yeah, I, uh, he he was able to do a few things a, a little bit slower. You know, we slowed it down uh, from time to time, and as you just said, we've we've heard some of that work. But yeah, I, I feel like the guy just he just loved to play fast. Yeah. Yeah. And and I can't I can't I can't judge him harshly for that. Yeah, I mean it absolutely works. It, I can't, I can't imagine those songs played any slower, honestly, you know? Uh no, no yeah, I I really can't. And I I can't imagine how tired the band must have been like <laughs> Because I don't know how long a set would have been when when the Raymond Scott Quintet were on the road, you know, if they if they toured extensively, or even just on the radio, you know, the Raymond Scott Quintet, you know, mm. radio hour or something like that. A- an hour, that's that's a lot of songs you can get through in an hour. Oh yeah, playing at that pace. Oh yeah, absolutely. You like you, you uh, you 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 just probably come off the stage like drenched in sweat, like. And and then and you you know you're like you know you grab you grab a shot and you have a smoke and you're like well okay time for the next uh, yeah <laughs> this, this is a double header here yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's been a lot of fun to go through this music with you um, today my dear because 
I, like I said, I, I, I was not familiar with the name Raymond Scott until you introduced me to his work a little bit more in depth. Uh, you know, I, you know, like like a lot of people my age, like anybody who grew up with cartoons in their life, I I'd, I'd heard it, but did not realize that there was like a mad genius behind it all. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is that again, you know, I I got into Raymond Scott because I kind of stumbled upon his name. Uh, I was familiar with his work, you know, a certain to a certain extent, but I stumbled upon his name. And started listening, um, you know, to his work. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I cannot remember if it was on All Music Guide or Wikipedia or where I had read that he did, you know, electronic stuff. Mm. I was like, is that an, like an error? Is that, you know, is it possible there's like another Raymond Scott? It might have been Spotify because Spotify might have served up some of those like soothing sounds for Baby mm. on, um, you know, like Release Radar or Discover Weekly or something like that. And so at first it's like, well, you know, this this isn't the Raymond Scott I know. Maybe, you know, is this a, a mistake? You know, sometimes, especially on Spotify, two artists will have the same name and it sometimes conflates them. Um, but, you know, I did research and found out, oh, no, wait, yeah, he, he got into electronic music. And then you do more research and you find out, oh, he did, you know, commercial jingles. I was uh, reading, um, once again, on that website. And uh, the most recent collection of Raymond Scott work that has come out, it's a... Uh, as they put it, a lavish 2LP slash 2CD set. It's 120 TV and radio commercials uh, from his, his quote-unquote enormously successful jingle workshop 1951 to 1965. It was issued in 2019. And apparently uh, when he was not experimenting with electronic uh, instruments, when he was not building his own inventions, uh, he was recording um, jingles for... The likes of Revlon, Delta Airlines, Stuckey's, Alka-Seltzer, Sprite, the Ford Motor Company, and other sponsors. Um, as the website says, here Dorothy Collins, Mel Torme, and dozens of unnamed session vocalists and musicians serenade you about beer, ice cream, gasoline, cigarettes, more beer, bread, cars, mouthwash, and more beer. Um, <laughs> kind of reminds me of, uh, I do not know if it is still on Netflix, uh, there's this great... Uh, documentary called Bathtubs Over Broadway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is all about these, it's kind of weird, these industrial musicals, mm. uh, which were musicals that would have been written. And and you think like, oh, you know, they just, they find some, you know, some, some college students to write these things. No, big, big, big names mm. wrote and starred in shows, these, these very lavish musicals that they would put on for like, you know, the, the annual, you know, sales conference, you know, like every salesman, you know, for Ford or, or, you know, um, like Kohler bath, you know, bathtubs and yeah. stuff like that. Like, like in industrial, you know, products would be flown into New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or where, wherever they were having the big show that year. And as part of that, they would have these big lavish musicals and they'd be, sometimes they were all about, you know, the, the new lineup, the new, you know, 1978 Chevy lineup. Or they'd, they'd be about, uh, the, there's this, uh, in, in the documentary, they talk about this, this great um, musical that was all about the importance of, of bathrooms and the evolution of the bathroom and, and the, the role that bathrooms play in, in people's lives, which you think is kind of hokey, but they were, they were these very well-written songs. And, mm. and apparently the people who went to these shows just really appreciated that their company, in addition to flying them out for whining and dining appreciated them enough to kind of create these odes to 
American commerce, <laughs> American capitalism. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, but, you know, when I found out, you know, oh, Raymond Scott, this composer, was doing these jingles, it, it made, it, it didn't make sense, and yet it made total sense. Mm. Yeah, like the, the guy knew how to write a very memorable tune that was quite short. And uh, but would get caught stuck in your head for for days afterwards. Yeah. And uh, I kind of have I have to appreciate um, whoever is overseeing uh, the estate of Raymond Scott, like putting together a a compilation like that, like reminding us that there is uh, there's no shame in being a working musician. Yeah. The the whole you know oh so and so sold out. I understand that, you know, when you're young and you're and you're fighting against the man. But the older you get, the more you're like, you know what? Who is it hurting really if, you know, the Black Keys decide to license one of their... I heard the other day. Yeah. Um, I think they licensed... Uh, it sounded like the... If it wasn't their work, it was a sound alike, but uh, there was a, a guitar riff that sounded a little bit like their song Sister. Mm. Um, and, you know, like in the end, what's what's the harm in that? Yeah. Um, and and so if, if Raymond Scott wanted to provide for himself and his family and have a comfortable living by writing, you know, jingles for for Delta, then why not? Yeah, I don't think that work undermines his more quote unquote respectable work in the studio, uh, the the recorded output that he uh, that he left behind. Um, I I I think it just you know it. it who who among us trying to make a career in the arts has not had to hold down day jobs multiple yeah. over the years? You yeah, know? you know. Uh, so yeah, like you know, Raymond Scott's gonna gonna write a, a ridiculously good piece of music. You know, like uh, you know, like like you know, bird seat special or something, and then yeah. he's, you know, and then he's gonna he's gonna sell you a beer. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way it's gonna go. Um, we don't have any of Raymond Scott's jingles, to the best of my knowledge. We don't have any of his his jingles here on the show, but we do have the next track, uh, which is a wonderful piece of music. Uh, again, using that great ability to create rhythm, yeah, uh, and and have fun with it. Um, you're gonna be hearing the girl at the typewriter.
BFF.FM is based on a simple model. We do something really well, and then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Every great song you hear on BFF.FM comes through the support of listeners who appreciate the local community treasure that BFF.FM is and want to help ensure it continues playing for everybody. When you consider the power of independent local music, it keeps your day in tune. This vital service, so dependent on listener support, deserves your support today. Donate now at BFF.FM. right there and a couple of examples of why I hope Raymond Scott's percussionist was the best paid in the business <laughs> like just imagining like Raymond coming into the like the recording studio or coming into like you know their, their practice space or wherever they were rehearsing and, and and throwing this down in front of like his his drummer or, or you know his percussionist and be like you can play that right uh, sure <laughs> 
I'm gonna get a, I'll give it the old golly. By golly, I'll give it the old college try. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just heard uh, Peter Tambourine. Before that was uh, the wonderfully titled Huckleberry Duck. And uh, we opened uh, our trio with The Girl at the Typewriter. You're listening to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM. All morning we have been celebrating the work of Raymond Scott, uh, composer, musician, uh, band leader, inventor, just uh, all around uh, renaissance man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who... um, yeah, who, who, who lived a, a remarkably long life, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm I always appreciate when when you have a musician who gets to see what uh, effect their work has had. On, Absolutely. Yeah, on 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 the world around them, and gets to see like you know the the things that they were trying, you know, the little seeds that they planted, like sprouting into uh these these fully fledged musical forms you know like you know raymond scott was making weird experimental you know electronic music he was seeing what he could do with it and then you know fast forward a generation and you've got brian eno yeah you know making ambient music you know? yeah i can't help but wonder um i have no evidence of this but i can't help but wonder if you know raymond scott and his uh his friendship with Bob Moog, if some of, you know, what, what Scott was doing, if you listen to some of his electronic work, I think you hear shades of, of that in like Mort Garson's work. Mm. Um, and it, it wouldn't surprise me because if he was running in those general circles, um, and like I said, I have no evidence that like, you know, he was really good friends with Mort Garson or, or Wendy Carlos or, or any of the other synth pioneers, but I could I could see that happening. I could see mm-hmm. him at least being an acquaintance, or maybe you know, kind of showing off in the studio uh, to some of these you know younger musicians and, and inspiring them to uh, also play around with the music. So, yeah, and I I have to imagine like his background as an engineer must have been a massive boon to him. Like he he wasn't just playing around with electronic instruments he was like inventing them. inventing them and refining them and and inspiring people like bob moog to uh push the technology even further to you know develop the synthesizers that created uh the, the first sort of classic electronic music yeah it, it's it's very interesting to imagine the unspoken or, or perhaps un um, uh, like like unexpected and and maybe sometimes ignored uh, influence mm-hmm. and 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 work that was put into the development of that by by Raymond Scott but I, I think it's something that we we shouldn't ignore it's it's something that we um, maybe should should spend a bit more time kind of like focusing on you you think about you know the the impact of of pioneers like Wendy Carlos you know and 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 Mort Garson you know and and, and you don't imagine Raymond Scott yeah the, you know the 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 Looney Tunes guy yeah 
<laughs> the jingle dude. Yeah, and 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 yet he's there because art builds on art. You mm. know, like if you're if you're in an artistic circle, there's I I don't really think there's a way that you can come away from being part of a a group of enthusiasts. Um, doesn't matter what art form. I don't think there's a way that you can come away and not somehow be be influenced by you know like take take pieces of of those people with you. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm smiling here, and um, as we've been talking and as we've been listening to the music, and as I've learned more and more about like Raymond Scott, um, you know who you know who he reminds me of, right? Who? The, the 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 pattern continues here. He reminds me of David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, oh no! Obviously, they are flamboyant in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna be like, you know, like you know, this is like the David Bowie Power Hour now. It, like it's, it's just. A, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know why it keeps coming back to Bowie. But ever since we did that show about David Bowie, we've he. It's like his spirit has just been haunting our show. He's just been he's just been hanging around, being like, "You should play this kind of music next." What you doing there, Bowie? <laughs> Informing our playlist. Clearly. Informing our playlist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had to say it. It was it was it, it, it like for the last like ninety plus minutes. I've been I've been <laughs> I've been sitting on that. <laughs> See, it's funny because I I brought up Mort Garson because I was starting to think about you know like if you listen to Plantasia, mm. um, there's a little bit in um, in the intro song. The little, you know, the high kind of whistly sort of noise. There's, there are lines of that that remind me of the uh, the soothing sounds for baby and and other, mm. you know, other electronic things that uh, Raymond Scott was doing. So yeah, it's just, it just keeps going. It's just. I think that we're gonna need to play. We're gonna need to do um, like an electronic show in 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 the coming weeks. Absolutely. And and make sure we include stuff by by Raymond Scott mm-hmm. you know no matter how weird it gets yeah <laughs> no weirder the better that's how we that's how we do it here at third country radio um I guess the next track though is is perhaps a little bit more I you don't want to say stayed <laughs> for 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 Raymond Scott it's it's a it's, lot more subdued it's subdued um yeah but um Coming up next here on Third Country Radio, uh, Raymond Scott, we love the guy. This is Tiger Rag. Thank you. 
Watch that tiger, beware the tiger, cross old tiger, hungry tiger, man-eating tiger, run for the nearest exit, don't you falter, don't you stumble, or he'll mumble, crumble you. Don't you slow down, don't you drag, get to town with that tiger rag. to be your BFF. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. BFF.FM, best frequencies Streaming with my besties.
collection of five fabulous songs from Raymond Scott here on BFF.FM. Best Frequencies Forever, Third Country Radio you're listening to. And you heard some really great music. Mm. We started off with Tiger Rag, and then we moved on to the the whimsically titled March of the Diddles. That's another great thing about Raymond Scott is that his song titles are always a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, next after that was a, a beautiful cover of mm. Over the Rainbow, of course, the, the song from Wizard of Oz, and then uh, a short song with a very long title, <laughs> dedicatory piece to the crew and passengers of the first experimental rocket express to the moon. That is the full title of that song try try saying not five times really fast i don't know if i can yeah um and then we we absolutely could not end this show or come close to ending this show without playing possibly the most famous of, of raymond scott's songs powerhouse uh that song that particular version of that song i think i first heard in in a ren and stimpy cartoon mm. and just and loved it the 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 wild and wackiness but uh, there are portions of uh, that particular piece that were used in Looney Tunes as well, like a full, like big bombastic orchestra. That mm. da, 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 da. you heard that motif a lot in in Looney Tunes. It is. It, it's interesting. Even if you've never heard of Raymond Scott, you have more than likely heard that song. And something that the last two hours have given me is uh, an appreciation for the musicians that filled my childhood with music that I never even knew their name. And and it's 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 funny how often that happens, but I think one of the wonderful things about the internet is that it's it's become easier mm. to to, you know, figure out who these people are, these sometimes unsung composers. Because, you know, when you're younger, you're just like, who does that? And if your parents don't know or your teachers or friends or whoever, you may never know. But now you can you can actually type in um into Google, like, you know, who wrote Dun 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 Dun, and it knows that you're talking about Beethoven. Yeah. And which is, blows my mind. Yeah, that was, that is very freaky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it is really nice to see someone with the sheer breadth and depth of work mm-hmm. that Raymond Scott has. It's it's wonderful to see him getting his plaudits uh, for uh, among a, a modern audience. I mean, the guy was very successful in yeah. his time. Like, let's not pretend that he was some like you know great you know lost musician whose work was forgotten. And and he, he was a working musician. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. Like he was he was composing his own work. He was as we were as we talked earlier. He was making jingles for for major companies. Uh, he was working with big names. Uh, or, or people who would become big names. His music was uh, re-recorded and covered uh, and later on sampled uh, by huge, huge uh, names in, in contemporary popular music. Uh, so, so we won't pretend that he was like some you know, like forgotten genius. But uh, it, it, it can be a little sad when sometimes... A name is forgotten, mm-hmm. especially when they, you know, played like an integral part 
of of your development in 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 your appreciation for for art yeah absolutely uh with that being said we're going to go ahead and leave you with one last track uh it's one of katie's favorites yes i the song pops into my head uh every time we go to the zoo and we look at the leaf cutter ants just because of the way that they kind of bop along um it's called the toy trumpet and it's uh, been featured quite a lot in, in various cartoons as well. And it's just a jaunty little tune that just makes me smile every time I hear it. So until next week, enjoy and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Make art, love life. <laughs>